This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! He scores! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. This is my conversation with the coach of the Battlehawks, Jonathan Hayes. How much does winning help what you're trying to do here in terms of chemistry and getting everyone on the same page? Well, I think the, the probably the most important part of it is, um, uh, you know, the first thing we talked about when, when I got him here in the building was chemistry and that I have to be able to trust you and you have to be able to trust me. And I think uh, that trust was shown on Sunday because, you know, we had some adverse times, but the guys stuck with it, stuck with the plan, believed in the plan plan, and believed in the coaches. And so, uh, you know, we were able to persevere. About 22 million people sampled the XFL on TV over the weekend. What does wow. that mean to you? How has the, the first weekend of this league been? I think uh, it was very positive, obviously, and people still want their football fix. So that's good for us. And, and, and I think that they felt like they got a really good product. The St. Louis Battlehawks cleared to engage. Let's go to Houston now and join the president of the Battlehawks. That's Kurt Hunzecker. He joined us last week. He got a win, so we had to keep that tradition going, that's for sure. How are you, Kurt? Tom, doing well, and hopefully I talk to you for the next eight weeks as well. Yeah, let's do that. We're going to be in your uh, territory on Sunday. We'll be at Ballpark Village as we rally the Battlehawks in their home opener. Let me start with that. I, I hate skipping ahead in sports. You're not supposed to look ahead of the game you're about to play, but I'm too excited about it. The Dome at America's Center, February 23rd against the New York Guardians. How are ticket sales now for that one? We have uh, suites left, and that's it. Wow. We have uh, suites in between the 40s uh, for the game versus New York. And then the, uh, our game two, six days later on the 29th, we still have $36 tickets, and we can still do groups. But those are starting to go pretty quickly as well. So uh, it's going very, very well. Just to make it clear, you are not opening the upstairs for the game against New York, right? We are not opening the upstairs for any game during the regular season. We want to keep that accessibility uh, for the fans. And, you know, you, you want that intimate environment. And then there's plenty of math equations. That when you open up the entire level, uh, there, there are costs involved. And, you know, we built this plan of seating, you know, 27500 for the season. And a lot of our fans who got in early, you know, they, they were purchasing those season tickets, you know, spending – $100 total for the uh, full season, and we want to make sure that, you know, we deliver on our promise of having a great game day experience for everybody and being on top of the action, and that's something that we're definitely dedicated to as we start to get ready for the home schedule. Yeah, it's going to be crazy in there. So you're creating a ticket demand here at the same time, and I... <laughs> 
I mean, a few months ago, did you anticipate this working this way? We definitely believe that as we got closer to the first game and pro football's return to St. Louis, that you know, uh, anticipation would, would run up. Uh, did we forecast, you know, running out of tickets? I think that was our wildest dreams uh, scenario playing out. And then you, you talk about uh, you know the, the intro there with Coach talking about chemistry amongst the players. There's also what we're starting to see is the chemistry between the the team and the community starting to come to fruition. I mean, this week we uh, went out and had our first community hustle day with. Uh, Operation Food Search, and it's a way for us to give back to the community that that raised us. And so I think there's almost like a symbiotic relationship forming between the team and what we're doing going out in the community and the community reciprocating with uh, fandom, you know, connecting with us on social media, ticket sales, merchandise sales. And so all of us from the front office to the coaching staff to the players are really looking forward to bringing pro football the St. Louis' first homegrown team to the Dome next Sunday. This is Kurt Hunziker, the president of the St. Louis Battlehawks. He's in Houston. The Battlehawks looking to go 2-0. and They're on the road against the Houston Roughnecks. That's a good team. Beat Los Angeles pretty good. 37-17 last week. They have good quarterback play. Looks like they have a strong defense. It's early. You don't get a good look at all of these teams, so that also kind of makes it exciting. There's a little bit of unknown as these teams kind of feel each other out, right? Absolutely. You know, even with all eight teams uh, in a centralized training camp, you know, the scrimmages were, were effectively two-hand touch. And so there's – and there wasn't a whole lot of opening up the playbook, so to speak. So it'll be very exciting to see. You know, this is the only time we see Houston just like uh, we saw Dallas last week. So there isn't a return trip for them. So we definitely want to put out, uh, come out and, and play strong, play fast, as Coach likes to say. Uh, play together, and if, if we can continue uh, leading the XFL in road winning percentage, uh, we're still first and all by ourselves after yesterday's games. You know, that'll be fun to get back to the Dome uh, 2-0, hopefully. You are down in Houston again, and the University of Houston Stadium there is going to host the league's championship game, it was announced. That'll be Sunday, April 26th. How do they determine that, Kurt? Uh, that's a lead question. Yeah. Uh, I know St. Louis, we definitely wanted, uh, anytime that you can host a big event in St. Louis, I know explore St. Louis and the St. Louis sports commission likes to put the best foot forward. Um, you know, it, it's also a testament to how great the eight markets are in the XFL. So you really had, uh, no possible way to, to get this wrong. I, I certainly would have loved to have had seven home games this year. So we'll hopefully have six by hosting a playoff game. But you know, we're, we're excited to, to be down here and represent St. Louis, and hopefully we'll get a chance to come back down to Houston at the end of April. We're going to have Marcus Lucas on next, your wide receiver and tight end. He actually plays uh, more of a tight end position than he did at Mizzou. Big receiver, four catches for 40 yards in your first game. Your quarterback, Jordan Tahamu, uh spread the ball around pretty well. It's, it seems like you know, uh, you've got a little something going defensively, though, that's for sure. And your special teams, so far so good for Jonathan Hayes and his team. I watched to practice on Wednesday. Over at the former Rams Park, it was pretty crisp, and it was refreshing to see, actually, a lot of those stations going on. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And, you know, the the weather this week is going to be wildly different than when they practiced in. I think it's supposed to be upper 70s here today. Uh, so I'm sure it's going to be a nice relief for the guys to not have to wear so many layers 
uh, during during the game today. Yeah, it was cold in that. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah, but you had mentioned the uh, uh, Marcus playing, you know, wide receiver, tight end hybrid. I mean, we have so many great athletes on this team, and, and the way that Coach Hayes and Trey Brown uh, were able to construct this team, they gave themselves a lot of flexibility. And you you just started to see a small part of that on display last week, and then obviously Jordan's dual threat ability to not only just to, to pass the ball, but uh, his running game provides an extra dimension to the offense. And you know, I, I this team is really built for to maximize the rules of the XFL. I mean, it's a high-paced game, fast-paced game. Uh, it's quick. You got to move fast. You got to think fast. And having someone like Jordan and all the quarterbacks who can dissect the defense pretty quickly and get the ball out uh, to the open receiver is something that we're, we're, we've been watching in practice for a few months now, and it's fun to see it uh, during the game. I saw you've been adding some partners to your adventure here. I, I call it an adventure because it is. I think around every corner is something exciting, and you are really revealing one thing at a time. Corporate partners, partners in this business venture together. Kurt Hunziker is the president of the St. Louis Battlehawks. And what else might you, I, I'm not asking you to break this on KMOX, but maybe give us a hint as to what's to come here in this next week. What might uh, we find on Sunday during a very special game day? Well, that's an excellent question. I think one of the big things we're going to focus in on this week, uh, outside of unveiling five additional founding partners, uh, is we're going to be educating the fan base on the game day experience. And this is something that has really been seven and a half months in the, in, in the buildup to this game as we've been going out in the community and actively listening. And what we've asked fans is, what do you want the Dome experience to be like? Uh, do you like tailgating, given the time of year? Uh, should we have indoor and outdoor, outdoor tailgating? Where should we park? You know, the Dome doesn't actually run its own parking, so we've been working with all the different parking lots and the vendors across the city to create options for fans. And we want to make sure of really one thing is, yes, you want to provide a great fan experience, but as the statement game for St. Louis has returned to pro football, when the when the cameras go live at 2 o'clock next Sunday and ESPN is rolling, we want 27,500 people in their seats waving their rally towels from our friends at Ameren. We don't want them in lines for beer. We don't want them in lines for merchandise. We're hopefully going to have all of that open uh, we'll have plenty of concession stands. We hopefully have planned well for having beer vendors and, and soda available all across the concourse. Get into the Dome. Gates open 90 minutes in advance. Get settled in. Uh, get ready for this return of pro football. So we really do make a statement when the national audience sees the return of pro football in St. Louis. We are looking forward to it. And as always, to learn everything about the Battlehawks, you can follow along KMOX.com. We'll have stories all week, but just go to XFL.com uh, slash Battlehawks. That's, uh, that's a good way to do it. XFL.com is a really good site, actually. Kurt Hunziker is the president of the St. Louis Battlehawks. We look forward to next week. We'll visit with you in person. We'll try to track you down. I know it's going to be a busy day. We'll try to get you over to Ballpark Village when we do our live broadcast from there on sports on a Sunday morning. It's pretty exciting for me to be doing a little football again on a Sunday morning. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we've been hearing from fans uh, last week and even all throughout today. Um, I, I sense seven o'clock is when some of the people are going to start tailgating for a two o'clock kick next week. So it should be a good festive crowd to uh, wrap up Mardi Gras weekend. It's going to be awesome. We appreciate the visit very much. Good luck against Houston today, five o'clock on Fox sports one for the kickoff there and uh, good luck on going two and zero. Oh. 
Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for having me. There's the president of the Battlehawks. He's Kurt Hunzecker on Tom Ackerman. When we come back, Marcus Lucas of the Battlehawks. John Mosaylock. then at 11.30. And at 11.45, it's Harrison Bader on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX, the St. Louis Battlehawks. What a great story. This XFL team is 1-0. They visit Houston this weekend, and we're joined by wide receiver Marcus Lucas. Four catches for 40 yards against the Dallas Renegades in a win, 15-9. And that was the most important thing. Yeah, that's what's most important, like you said, man. We just wanted to come in there, get a win, and, and get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> what was that experience like walking into the first XFL game? It was a good experience. It was it was pretty unique. Um, you know, just everybody kind of going into it, and with with all the guys on our team with so many different backgrounds of reasons why they're there. I mean, uh, all the emotions kind of started whenever we were you know warming up, and then through the national anthem, it was it was like at its prime. You know, I mean, just the just all of the emotions of you know what you're doing it for, who you're doing it for, or whatever reason you know for everybody, and, and you could kind of see it on the sideline and. You you know, so as you could see at the, at the beginning of the game, there were some a little jitters. There were, you know, just just nerves, excitement, a little bit of mixture of everything. And you know, we just had to pull it together. And then once once we got into the first quarter, second quarter, through halftime, it was just regular ball at that point. And you had that second half lead, and then Will Hill with the interception to seal it. What did that feel like? Man, it was great. Felt like that ball was in the air forever. But uh, man, once he sealed the deal, it was just like. Yeah, you know, I mean, because I mean, that's what football is about. I mean, you got a locker room full of guys coming together for a collective goal. And, you know, that goal was to get the win and we and we got it. And it was truly a, a full team game. I mean, offense did their, their part running the ball. Great um, defense did their part, you know, didn't let them score, you know, anything other than field goals. And then our special teams was fast and physical. And so it was a, a true team win. Like your quarterback? Oh, I love him, man. Yeah, he's a gamer for sure. Um, you know, Jordan, you know, we, we, we put together a pretty good solid uh, game plan for him to be, to be able to, you know, react quickly to things. And um, they threw some things at him that we hadn't seen, and he reacted really well. So I was definitely satisfied with how he played. I don't know how much of the television footage you've been able to see, but it really is a fun TV sport. The access that they're giving and the view for us is really exciting. Have you heard? What's the feedback that you've heard? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the fans are getting a lot more inside scoop on some things that, you know, they had so much, you know, so much, uh, you know, curiosity about, you know what I mean, just like some of the replay reviews, some of the play calling, some of the, you know, the mics that are on field, the camera on field and things like that. You know, you're kind of getting some of the inside access of the sidelines and some of the game plan things. And you can kind of follow the game to see how, you know, plays develop and things like that. So it's, it's pretty neat. Uh, we're here at the former Rams Park. It's now the Lou Fuse Athletic Center. I spent a lot of time in that room right there. I mean, I lived over here with that team and you've spent a lot of time around NFL teams what is the different feeling, I guess, from a player standpoint? Is there one? 
Um, it's starting to get together. I mean, at first it was just, you know, it's the XFL, it's not the NFL. So, you know, a lot of this is, a, there's a lot of first going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're trying to get through that piece of it. You're doing the first walkthrough, the first practice, the first, you know, yeah. everything you're doing is the first. And so you, there's some, there's a learning curve that goes along with that. But, um, as far as the facility, it's been great. I mean, it's, this is what this facility is designed for. So it's been perfect for us as far as, you know, the equipment staff the training staff, the strength staff, and then all of our meeting rooms is, you know, everything. We're equipped with everything we need. I'll give you another facility, the Dome. Now, that place, you have one more road game. You play at Houston. That place is going to be loud. It's going to be crowded. You're going to have probably 28,000 full in the lower bowl. Have you thought about what that'll be oh, like? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. I mean, we, we think about it a lot. I mean, me and LaDamian kind of talk about it. You know, it's, it's coming full circle for us. I mean, we played our first college game in that in that dome. So um, we're ready to get back, and we're ready to, to, to come back to open arms with an exciting fan base. Um, we're trying to, to, to stack together wins on the road. I mean, we know how hard it is to win, you know, in professional football, you know, as it is. But to win on the road is even harder. And then, we, you know, so we're just trying to come home with a couple victories and then, you know, show the, the fans what they've been waiting for here in St. Louis. You referred to LaDamian Washington. Of course, both of you played at Missouri, and you mentioned that first game was against Illinois back in the Dome. Funny how things come full circle, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's life, man. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how, you know, people tell you all the time just how life does come full circle and, and how your experiences now can affect your, you know, experiences later. And it, it's, it's a pretty sweet feeling just to, you know, have it all come back. And it's like, oh, this is what I did it for you know <laughs> how about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl hey, that was great you know I'm a Kansas City yeah. guy so um, you know uh, I grew up as a Kansas City fan I mean just like when the Royals won I mean it hadn't happened in my lifetime so I was thrilled I mean I wish we, we had practice last Wednesday otherwise we were going to go back to try to get to the parade but uh but yeah it was it's definitely Missouri's hopping right now I mean as far as sports so um we're 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 a pretty good sports state right now so um I'm, I'm very excited to see what's going on over in Kansas City City and trying to bring a little bit of buzz over here to the St. Louis side. That's right. That's what St. Louis does. What Missouri does is win. And, you know, just thinking about St. Louis as a sports town, what do you know about it? You've spent some time here as a member of the Missouri Tigers. Oh, man. I mean, they're, they're very loyal um, fan base. Um, I know that they took it very hardly when the Rams were leaving town and they, they showed it. Um, but, uh, but as far as, you know, going to the Cardinals and Blues games, um, man, the, the fans are very, you know, they're loud, they're excited, they're, they're very in tune with the game and what's going on. And, um, you know, from the feedback that I've been getting about, you know, fans coming to the game, like you said, we're hoping for 28,000 strong. And, you know, they're just excited to have football here again. And then just a final thing about you, Marcus Lucas, number 85, big guy, big receiver. What, what is your game out there? What can people watch for? Now, hey, you know, a lot of people are used to me seeing me as at, at receiver, but now I'm playing tight end. So, um, you know, just doing a little bit more. I'm handing the dirt, doing a little bit more blocking and, you know, getting downfield still. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it's cool to see me uh, kind of a hybrid in between kind of guy. Um, you know, I played the slot my senior year of, of, of college. So I'm, I'm familiar with the inside, but you know, for me, I just like to, to use my speed on, you know, safeties and linebackers, you know, in the passing game and then use my quickness in the run game. 
It should be fun to watch. The Battle Hawks taking on Houston this weekend and New York on February 23rd at the Dome. My gosh, is that going to be a scene? Marcus Lucas, we appreciate it very much. Thanks for the visit. Thanks so much for having me on. Marcus Lucas, appreciate him. Battle Hawks tight end wide receiver in action today at 5 o'clock at Houston. When we come back, it's John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations. I'm Tom Ackerman, sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Lindbergh on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you. Well, this has become quite the popular segment. Sports on a Sunday morning is uh, an often downloaded podcast. People love to hear it throughout the day. It's become one of the more popular ones here at the station. I think part of the reason is this guy. He's the president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, and people really liked our I think they like all of our conversations, to be honest, John. But they liked our last one um, just because of honesty and and the fact that you tell it like it is. I've 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 always tried to tell people that is nothing different. I mean, the president of baseball operations comes on KMOX. He knows it's a window to the fans and tries to explain what's going on as best you can. Uh, I, I think it's a compliment to you. Well, thank you, and I, I hope to do that. Uh, obviously, there's things I can't always share, but for the most part, uh, giving a little insight on what's happening in Cardinal baseball is what my goal is. Well, what's happening down there with Miles Michaelis? I, you know that any time a pitcher uh, is shut down for a brief period of time, who knows how long that will be, that will cause some concern among fans. It, it, Bring us to what John was. That, that, that's very reasonable. Um, Bring us to what John was. Yeah. What do you think about it? Well, I think when you first off, whenever you you, you hear about uh, an arm injury or potential injury, your 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 first uh, inclination is, what does it mean? And and um, for some people that aren't sophisticated in understanding some of the things that are involved in this, you know, they might gravitate all right away to Tommy John or something that they're they are more familiar with. But this particular case, um, we're dealing with a, a, a tendon issue and not a ligament issue. The good news is tendons can heal, whereas ligaments would have to be definitely repaired. Um, in this particular case, going to have a better idea of what this really looks like in the next day or two. Just um, I haven't had that debriefing yet with our, our head team physician, Dr. Paletta, but I plan to do so um, tomorrow. He's still gathering some facts, and, uh, you know, my fingers are crossed. This isn't something that's going to be um, a huge delay, but, um, you know, before I start making predictions, I think it's best that I await word tomorrow, and then we'll go from there. Fair enough. And then as you wait, you also know that you have some depth. You have some pitchers that were already going to be competing for spots in your rotation. In your mind, uh, who right now... Uh, will be ramped up to be pitching in both Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium and on the backfields in B games just to see some starting opportunities. Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to forget someone yeah, here, but yeah. um, obviously, like, you know, when you think about why we signed KK, it was just to give us that type of flexibility. Um, when you look at someone like Ponce de Leon, who, you know, is looking for a chance to, to actually break with the club um, from this camp. And Austin Gomber is someone that I think a year ago this time we were were, were pretty excited about and then uh, obviously um, didn't have the camp that we hoped and he was sidelined with injuries as well and and so you know as as you as you always think about like roster building and and, and preparation for camp these are the types of things that you're preparing for in other words 
you don't want to be that negative Nelly that you're just always putting uh, these types of thoughts in your head, but you know things happen. And, you know, obviously uh, if Miles isn't able to go, it's going to create opportunity. But, you know, let's sort of wait and see what that looks like. But clearly we're going to have to make sure people get innings because whether this happened first week of February or if it happened first week of April, you got to be able to handle it. Just throwing another name at you, if that's okay, is Ryan Helsley. It's just so intriguing. His makeup, his ability, his size, his durability. I'm knocking on wood here. Um, I, I think that, you know, there, and of course, he's been mentioned as a starter before. Is he somebody that could do either, uh, close or start? I mean, I think, I think he could. Um, and I think that's going to be really that, that line that, that we walk in this camp. I mean, at some point, Maddox, Maddox and, and Schilte are going to have to decide who gets the innings and, and what that looks like. But Ryan Helsley obviously has power stuff. He has started in the past. And we just have to decide, like, where where we're going to be able to get our innings from a starter and where we will get innings from our bullpen. And really, all the names we've mentioned could fit into either of those roles. But, you know, clearly when you look at, at Gomber and Ponce, historically they were always starters in the minor league level. Taking a look at your bullpen right now, are you encouraged uh, by what you've seen so far? We've had pitchers and catchers uh, working together for about a week. Yeah, I actually missed a few days with the flu, so I oh, was man. like uh, finally uh, back out there today and enjoying a little sunshine here in, in Jupiter, Florida. But I will say the feedback I've received from – our coaches, uh, our manager, it has been positive, and that's great to see or hear. That's good. Uh, I loved reading about how Matt Carpenter spent some time in some of your organizational meetings. That, that he is so smart that there's a level of mutual respect there between the front office and Matt Carpenter. Can you expand on that for our listening audience and, and what he means to the organization? I think you're referring to there's an article on Chris Carpenter that. He oh, I'm sorry. In, That's what I meant to say, Chris, not Matt. But he, he, Chris so, Carpenter and kind of what what Chris means to to the organization. Everybody's always sort of pining for him to to be around full time. Kind of where does that stand right now? Well, I think he just brings so much wisdom and experience to to not only our front office but also to our major league coaching staff and also to share with players. And so, not tapping into that would just be incredibly stupid. So. I have always tried to create a path or a curriculum, if you will, for him to have a growth plan to, to know what gives him a chance to get new experiences too. And so I always kick off our, 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 our uh, spring training with an annual meeting. Uh, a lot of it is, is going over players and where we are with our depth, but it, it also touches on some other things. And I just thought getting – Carp some exposure to that makes a lot of sense, and I think he was grateful for that um, experience. But he is someone that, sure, we'd like him around every day, but we understand that's not possible, so we'll take what we can get. And now I've asked you about Chris. Let me now ask you about Matt and what his spring training has been like so far. I know we're really about to get ramped up here, and he'll get some opportunities. But uh, taking a look at Matt Carpenter in 2020, what are your expect expectations there? What would you like to see from him? Well, expectations are high. Um, I, I feel like, you know, Carp used his offseason very wisely. He was someone that um, 
was really looking at at where were his opportunities. And one place he felt like he needed to get back to was some strength gain. And so he worked on getting back to where he was in 2014, 2015 from that perspective. And he was able to accomplish that. And then he also made some adjustments with his swing. Now, I think we got to give that a little time to see how that works or works out when he's in game situations. But, you know, the fact that he was intentional about trying to do something different, I think was important. And, and look, he, he, he's not making a secret about this. He was not happy with last year. And so he certainly wants to go into this year and he wants our fan base to know he can be the carpenter of old. You know, looking at third base and that big name that's out there that everybody buzzes about, and, you know, some fans will refer to a a player of his magnitude as a a fantasy that the Cardinals could acquire him. And we we referred to him. We didn't, uh, you didn't mention him by name because you can't, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, fans enjoyed, as I mentioned at the top of this interview, our conversation about how you handle business and, and big deals. And one thing I said was, you know, it's ro- it's not really much different than what John and the front office has always been trying to convey, that you like your current club, you're going to give those players a chance to show what they can do, but the roster can always change, and the bigger the deal, the more patience required. Is that kind of an accurate way to look at it? Yeah, I think, like, the only thing I'd add is the, any types of deals that, that you're kind of you know, hypothetically, hypothetically talking about, I mean, there's just a lot of complications. It's not just a simple, hey, let's do it. Um, but I, I can understand that, that there's a lot of energy to see something get done, but I hope there's people that realize that, you know, we were one of four teams that, that were still playing last year when the season was coming towards an end, and you know, we really do feel like we're in a situation where we can do better. And, you know, this team is – there's a lot of excitement around it, and you know we really feel good about where we are. Taking a look at 2020 with John Mosellock, who I'm glad you're feeling better, man. That's no fun. I mean, spring training just starts, and you're, <laughs> you're, no, you're rough couple days for sure, man. Sorry to hear it, uh, but I really appreciate you coming on. Um, just a final thing here, and just the first uh, look at Mike Schilt and his staff working together. Mike Schilt has uh, quite a group. I think that he has some vision and just your impressions of what he's like in year two so far, just coming out of the gate. Well, it's it's a lot like you would expect. He's someone that uh, is very well prepared, very organized. Uh, staff seems to be uh, working well with each other, just like they did last year. Uh, made a couple little tweaks on, on some of the uh, – um, other roles on the coaching staff as far as with uh, Pat Elkins being at it to help with uh, run production. And then uh, Joey, who I think a lot of people worked with last year, got to know a little bit. Um, he'll focus a little bit more on run prevention. But, you know, this group is is, is definitely engaged. They're, they're, uh, they, they know that um, paying attention to details matters, and I think that's something from a front office standpoint that you appreciate and are grateful for. Let me throw one more in there because I forgot to ask you about this. Um, uh, well, we haven't had a chance to do it on this show since you did it, but I'm curious about Brad Miller. I think that could be a sneaky good move there if if he comes through for you. He got hot in September. Eight home runs in September was the fourth most among all National League hitters. Let's see what he can do. And, and a left-hander certainly benefits you. Well, you know, as you as, as we always have had a history of doing, we, we always sort of look at who's still available 
late January, early February. And when when we came across his name, obviously you noted uh, a very very strong September. But you know, more importantly, we were looking at at if we were going to bring somebody on to the the 26 man roster. Got to get used to saying that. Yeah. Um, we want someone that gave you flexibility, and he can do that. The fact that he can play multiple positions, and when you're looking at how our bench may shake out, you're starting to see that theme, and I think that's really good news for us, and, and it allows the manager a lot more uh, plug-and-play abilities with some of these guys. And so he was available. Um, we were able to get it done, and um, I do think he'll, he'll be a really nice addition. I haven't spent a whole lot of time with him, but um, for the few minutes I have been around him, he's a super nice guy. I think he'll fit in here great. And, um, you know, really looking forward to when position players get going tomorrow just to see those interactions. Good to hear. Position players report tomorrow. First game is Saturday right here on KMOX against the Mets. John Mosellock, always kind to join us. We really appreciate it. Have a great Sunday. All right. Thank you. See you, Tommy. Thank you. There's the president of baseball operations. When we come back, Cardinal center fielder Harrison Bader on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Harrison Bader is our guest, and I always look forward to talking to you, especially when spring training starts, to find out how your winter went because you do exquisite things during the winter. <laughs> yeah, the most exquisite thing I did this winter was uh, was bust my tail with uh, somebody you know very well, Tommy Pham, and uh, actually Gregory Polanco as well, who's a great guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just did a I did a great job of surrounding myself with people who who are going are gonna to make me the best product out there on that field, which is the most important thing. Uh, the level of focus I had this offseason, especially after last year, um, was uh, was just different. The energy was different. Uh, everything was different about it, and I just could not be more excited to be back here ready to prove myself. You know, last year was a challenging year for you, and, I, and you're a guy who's always worked hard to get to where you're at, but last year didn't have the answers that you wanted. What did you learn about yourself through that ordeal? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I what I learned about myself first and foremost was that the, uh, you know, you wake up the next day and it's all good. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is uh, there were times where I just I was searching so much and trying to figure things out and, and look into too many different people that I I forgot to look at myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I forgot to kind of look at look at who I was and, and what I was trying to do and what I was trying to accomplish up there. Um, and just uh, taking the ownership of understanding that this is my gig, um, this is this is my deal. Um, and that, you know, working hard is great, but, but working smart and hard is even better. And I think at times I overwork myself. I may have worn myself down a little bit, searching too much, as opposed to kind of reeling it all in. So, again, th- this offseason was great for a number of reasons. Um, you know, I just had the ability to kind of take a step back, under- understand why things weren't working that well. I watched a lot of video with, you know, I have a, I have a new swing coach um, and uh, working with just some new people, just some new understandings and new philosophies. And, and again, you know, you keep everything simple. It's still baseball, um, but there definitely were some some physical tweaks that I didn't make and physical tweaks that I understand why things weren't going the way I wanted them to, and that just allowed me to have a lot more confidence going up there. Did you find yourself maybe overthinking situations because there's a lot of information that's given to players, and as you mentioned, there were people coming at you, giving you advice, this and that. Sometimes it can all just become a, a real logjam, more or less. Did you find yourself in that position? 
To an extent, for sure. Um, but again, you know, the biggest thing is ownership in, in this. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, you don't, you don't ever want to be disrespectful to anybody. Um, but there definitely were times where I, I could have plugged my ears a little bit and just uh, kind of gone out there and just trusted myself, have confidence in my own gig. Um, and, and that's the biggest thing. It was, you know, everybody's over, always tried to help me. You know, no one's ever tried to be detrimental to my career. Uh, but sometimes, again, for me, uh, the information is an overload to an extent. Um, so going out there and just, again, growing up and, and, and owning what you do, understand what works for you is the biggest thing. So, again, looking in the mirror, man, I mean, that's just that's just what it's all about and, and just understanding how to process different information and just, uh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your swing coach. Tell me about the, what, what adjustments you tried to make. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing I learned, too, about um, who I am as a player is that uh, is I'm a how guy, not a why guy. Mm -hmm. So we could talk swing all day. We could, you know, everything like that. I could I could tell you why I do certain things to try and create that. But I learned that I'm a how guy, and I'd rather just go out there and show you how I do it. I can't wait so to see. So I it. guess I guess with that said, I'm gonna just. I know you can't get this on camera, but I'm gonna just <laughs> close my lips and throw that camera away and go <laughs> throw, throw that key away and go out there and just uh, keep doing what I do and stick to my routine and stay confident and, and go out there and, and snap off my swing as often as I can. You mentioned routine because a lot of guys get into a routine where they trust their fundamentals, they trust their hands, they trust what they know what's going to work. How challenging was that for you to get into that routine now that you feel like you've got things moving in the right direction? Absolutely. Uh, that's a great question. That's the... Uh, that was the biggest thing was was developing that routine, um, and I could do it now to a point because I've been swinging all off season nonstop, uh, working smart, working in the right direction. I could do that routine with my eyes closed. Now I might miss the ball. I don't mean I'm swinging with my eyes closed, but my routine I could feel with my eyes closed just because of how much I've owned it, how much I've honed that ability, and, and that searching for that feel that I, when every day starts, every day is different in this game. Um, gathering that feel, understanding what I'm trying to do. I mean that's that that routine is huge, and that's what kind of gives me confidence. You know the 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 amount of emphasis you put on the cage and your cage work and all the stuff you do behind the scenes i mean you you want to do it correctly you want to do it to your ability but you're just looking for a feel and that's the second that's done it's you know it's it's off to the next one so that's a good point you make because i've seen guys and you have to that will spend a whole day in the cage and, yeah. and take hundreds of swings yeah and they, all they do it seems like is develop continue to hone a bad habit 100 for you you found the swing you found what you wanted to do and you backed off where it's more quality than quantity um, I mean, it varies. You know, I, I, your swing is always going to evolve in this game. Your understanding of what your, how your body works, right. what pitch is trying to do to you, it's always going to evolve. That's why this game is so beautiful because you never figure it out. You never arrive, you know. I think the the best word, though, is click. Uh, and there are definitely some things that have clicked for me this offseason just with uh, – with the way I'm, I'm feeling the ball. And again, uh, you know, the biggest thing is just managing variables. So if I'm going through my routine and I'm, I'm doing what I do and I'm, you know, I could take a, I could take a, a swing now and, and hit a ball sideways off the, you know, first base side of the cage. And sometimes that, that's, a, that's a good swing to me, you know? So it's all about the feel you're trying to create. Um, at that point, if you're snapping off a good swing, but you're hitting it sideways, and it's just a matter of just managing variables and moving your contact point up a little bit, as opposed to having to adjust maybe different parts of your swing. So uh, it's just more clean, it's more consistent, and, and just, again, my understanding of how my body works uh, through repetition is what I learned this offseason. And, uh, and, yeah.
We, t- we talked a lot about hitting. Let's talk about defense, man. You're a finalist for a gold glove. Mm-hmm. So you have a little bit more work to do to get that first one. And once Absolutely. you get the first one, then it starts to become a lot more fun. What did you do? And how do you prepare yourself defensively in the offseason? Absolutely. Well, first of all, that was, that was an absolute honor just to not only be on the list with, with some other incredibly talented baseball players, but just to kind of just to understand what that really does feel like. I mean, I can't imagine winning one because that's just such an honor. But just to kind of be named and receive that recognition really does mean a lot to me because I, I love playing defense. I love I love helping my, my pitchers out whenever I can. I love, you know, throwing guys out, taking away hits. I mean, you you name it, the list goes on and on. Uh, but the biggest thing is, I again, I lived in Miami this offseason. I worked out at Bomberitos. Um, they specialize mainly in getting, uh, you know, high-level prospects for the from football ready for the draft combine. So they're all explosive work, all speed, all cutting, all every angle that you're going to put your body in to catch a fly ball, to get a good break, um, c- controlling the way your head bounces when you're running for a ball. I mean, the list goes on and on. So I, I, I've been sprinting all off-season, getting my legs ready, getting my hips ready, getting everything ready head to toe to go out there and again win that Gold Glove and. Uh, and more, you know, more importantly, help my pitcher out whenever he needs it. Talking to Tommy Pham about you, and he said he expects big things from you this year. He said by your work ethic and the dedication that you put in, and I know you expect big things from yourself, but when he starts to throw compliments around like that, then you have to stop and pay attention. And he's known you since you were a pup, but yeah. he was excited about what he saw you doing this off season and how you were trying to get yourself prepared. Ever felt better in your life as far as walking into a spring training than what you do now? Yeah, you know, I got to admit, I've never felt better walking in. Um, and it's funny you said that because that's exactly what was on my mind as you're kind of asking me that question. And to speak to Tommy Fam, you know, that kind of just that just brings a smile to my face because, like you mentioned again, you know, he's known me since I entered this organization in 15. Um, you know, when I was first exposed to Tommy, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was just, damn, that guy works. Yes, he does. And Harrison Bader works hard. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do to improve his game in 2020. He is some fielder, that's for sure. We'll see what he can do at the plate. Thanks for joining us, Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.